Welcome to the Wild Grand Rapids message of the week. We hope you're encouraged, strengthened, and experienced the presence of God through this message by Apostle Kathy L. Ali. I'm always afraid I'm going to trip when I come up and down those stairs. It's kind of different. Woo, all right, you guys ready for this? All right, today is a new day. Today, we will be transformed by the power of God, by the presence of God, and by the word of God to never be the same in Jesus' name. You may be seated. So Matthew thinks this looks like a funeral spray because we have it setting up here like this, but I like it. Guys don't get flowers, do they? If it was a bunch of beef jerky, he would think that's pretty cool. <laughs> but I love them. I want to just give everyone a lot of um, praise for sticking together and uniting together, hearts coming together, hands coming together, feet coming together. And uh, I do just want to say thank you. Thank you for coming early. And, you know, those of you who have set up, set up uh, chairs and the sound equipment. And, I mean, all of a sudden we have a TV. Last week we didn't have one. And I think we're doing pretty good in one week. It's amazing. And, yeah. And the media team, can we give them a hand clap? This is crazy how awesome this is. Mac and Dan and, and Sean and Brenna, right? Thanks, Sean and Brenna, again this week for being able to use their sound equipment. Can we give them a hand clap? That's a big deal. And uh, Sean, he's just a trooper. He knows so much about everything that has to do with sound. So we're just so grateful for our relationship with him, and he's just such a blessing to our family, this family, but to our family personally. So thanks, Sean. We love you. And Danny, you've been amazing. Um, she's gone above and beyond the call of duty, and uh, we couldn't be doing everything that we're doing here right now if it weren't for her and all that she's done. My team, I mean, it's just been amazing. Um, you know, Aunt Di and Pastor Matthew and Pastor Max and Rachel, and we've all just, you know, put our hands together and our hearts together. And as a result, we are going to grow deeper and get rooted further in who Jesus is. So what the devil meant for bad, God's turning it around and making something good out of it. And uh, we will give you an update at the end of the service. Just know that... Um, Things We do not see the light at the end of the tunnel. We got lots of bad news this week. And uh, yeah, the tunnel got longer, but um, that's, our, that's okay. Um, I think that when there's a challenge, that means that um, we just get to have an opportunity to overcome. And uh, so that's what we're going to do. We're going to overcome. So the Lord began to speak to me about an upgrade. And he said, um, so the title of my message is just that, Upgrade. He said, Kathy, what I'm doing with you and what I'm doing with your team and with your, uh, the body of believers I've entrusted you with is that I'm giving you an upgrade, and that upgrade is an upgrade of your faith. And I thought, oh, that's great. I'm ready for an upgrade of my faith. And he said, with that is going to come patience and endurance. 
There's three things that we have need of more than anything right now, and that is faith, patience, and endurance. Now, how many of you, when you first got saved, asked God for patience? I mean, that was the silliest prayer. Lord, please give me patience. Well, how does that happen? Does he just kind of drop that in you, and all of a sudden you're just a patient person? No. He gives you opportunity to have to use your patience. I don't know about you, but I've prayed to God so many times. I said, God, I know that nobody can have wisdom like Solomon, but I would love to have greater wisdom and discernment. Father, increase my faith. So what does he do? He gives you opportunity where you have to have wisdom. He doesn't just do this. I think that's the picture that we have. Like we, we ask God for something and then all of a sudden, and I'm not saying it doesn't ever happen that way, that supernaturally he doesn't impart to you an understanding. But my, my, listen to what I'm saying. You have to have a need for wisdom. If you're asking him for wisdom, then he's saying to you, okay, I'm going to give you wisdom, but circumstances are going to happen and transpire so that you're going to have to use that wisdom. So that's what we have here. We have an opportunity for faith. We have an opportunity for patience. And we have an opportunity for endurance. You know, walking over here today and last week was kind of a piece of cake. It's going to be 60 degrees today. The sun is out. And I'm like, this is nice. Look at this. We're so close. This is amazing. And I'm thinking, huh, this is Michigan. Y'all going to have to get some nice boots because we're going to be walking over here in the snow. How about when it rains? Are we going to stick it out? We have no other choice other than to stick it out. And as a result, we're going to grow. I want us to, um, to look at Romans chapter 5, verse 1. And you know, this is so interesting is I never gave anybody like my, um, my notes or my scriptures because I'm like, well, why would I bother to do that? Because we don't have any place to put them. And so Danny says, hey, can I get your scriptures? And I'm like, Okay, like why? And, she, and I'm like, we have a TV. She goes, yeah, well, there's a TV over there. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is awesome. So I think we actually got this from the back of our sanctuary. So this is the one that we had that our worship team would use to read the, the words. But anyway, I thought that was cool. So Romans 5. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand. And rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations. Are you, how many of you have this highlighted in your Bible? Yeah, right. Lie. Knowing that tribulation produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character, hope. Now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Um, I want to stop there for just a second. We have perseverance is going to add to us. In this season, the reason why I'm excited, and it's, it's hard, trust me, it's hard. I feel like David. I'm reading the Psalms, and I'm like, yay, Jesus, or, yay, God, you're amazing. And I might have a merry heart, and the next moment I'm like, oh, how am I going to do this? And that's normal. You're human. I'm human. Um, to think that we're going to go through this just absolutely with absolute joy, never going to feel down, never going to be scared, never going to have fear, is to take our humanity away from us. Those feelings are okay as long as they don't rule you. 
You have to, remember, one of the things I always talk about, feel the pain to heal the pain. Well, it's kind of the same thing. I have to feel this. I have to actually feel all the feels that we're going through, and that's okay. It doesn't mean you quit. It means you keep on going. I crashed um, the other night. Um, Camelia lives with me, and I said, you've got to keep all of this, like, under wraps here, girl, because she's like, <laughs> she hears and sees things that nobody else gets to hear and see now because she's in my home. And so I'm like, crying, and I'm like, I'm sorry. That's my two words that I need to get rid of because I've been using them a lot lately. And she goes, you don't have to be sorry. It's fine. You're doing great. You're just human. <laughs> I'm like, it's true. I am just human. So I had a moment. All right, James 1, chapter, two, uh, chapter 1, verse 2. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. Let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. So as we're going through this process, our, the testing of our faith, because three things that God said that we have need of is faith, patience, and um, perseverance. So the testing of our faith is going to help us to be able to persevere. And when we, what we have right now is an opportunity to trust God. And not just in this area. It's not just the sanctuary. It's not just the money. It's not just the roof. It's not just all of the things that we have to do um, to get that all back, right? But I believe that God's going to give us an upgrade. And I believe that the sanctuary may even get expanded as a result. That's where my faith is. Why not? Why not believe for God something bigger and for a greater vision so that we can have, we can use this for a greater purpose? Let's not just restore what we have, but let's take it and bring it to the next level that we can have an upgrade. Amen? And I also believe um, that for all of you too, there's things that everyone is going through in your life. This is an opportunity for you to see God work in a miraculous way in this instance that knows that he can also do that in your life in instances and the situations that you're going through. We either believe what he says or we don't. When he says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you, I don't think he meant, well, I'm going to do it some of the time. No, I'll never leave you nor forsake you ever. And like the song that we sang, the battle is the Lord's. Let's look at um, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Most of you know that story. Let's just um, turn to Daniel chapter 3, verse 15. O Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to save us from it, and he will rescue us from your hand, O king. But... Even if he does not, we want you to know, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. We can have a picture of what we want to see. What if God doesn't do that? Isn't that what Daniel's saying here? saying, look, um, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, it's like here, they're going to get thrown into this fiery furnace. And he's like going, okay, so we're going to do this because the last thing we're going to do is worship you, your false gods, and the gold that you have displayed. We're only going to worship the one true God. And if it means that we lose our life as a result, then we will lose our life as a result. This isn't a simple little bullet to the head, not that that would be like a great experience, but it'd be a little quicker, wouldn't it? Can you imagine, have you ever, have you ever burned a finger? 
It hurts. You ever burn anything on your body? It hurts. Well, can you imagine being tossed in to a fiery furnace with your faith, believing and trusting that God is a God of hope, that he, has, he will not leave you and he will not forsake you, but it doesn't mean that he's not going to put you into the fire. So when I look at this, I'm looking at, I, I'm, I'm like, I'm astonished by the faith that they were showing in God. Again, it's like last week I'm talking about Job, and Job loses his family, and what he does is he drops down to his knees, he rips his clothes, drops down to his knees, and he begins to worship God. That would not be my first response. But it, maybe it should be. Maybe what God is trying to forge in us is, I don't know what lies up ahead. We think COVID was a big deal. I don't think COVID is anything compared to what else could be poured out upon us. We have to be prepared and we have to be willing to say that my life is not my own and not just say it, but actually mean it. To know that there could be hardship up ahead. It says, in this world, we'll have tribulation. Why are we ever surprised? But we get caught off guard. But be of good cheer, for I've overcome the world. And I believe what that means is that we don't live for here and now. We live for eternity. So when we look at their responses, there's three things that I saw. Their unswerving conviction of God and of the Bible, of his word. The other one is their confidence that God will do what he said he would do. Lastly, their faith is revealed by the reliance upon the only one who had the power to deliver them from evil. Our reliance is not on the insurance companies coming through, although that would be amazing. So much easier. Cut the check, we're done. That's not happening. Our, our reliance cannot be in, 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 in man at all. Now, will God use men? Absolutely. Will he use women? Absolutely. And that's what he is going to do. I don't know how he's going to do it. I have no idea. I just know that he will. That's what I believe. And so I'm not going to sway from that. We're not going to sway from that. But at the same time, what we have to be willing to do is just trust God and keep moving forward and allowing our faith to grow in the process. There's nothing more beautiful. Like I said, I couldn't have done this uh, a year ago. So who knows what God will give us next year? So their acknowledgement of God or the world's most powerful king and influence is a pretty big deal. Could we stand and do the same thing? And maybe some of you could say that you could. That's where we should be. Amen? Daniel 3.18. But even if he does not, we want you to know, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. Think of your own life and your own situations that you may be experiencing right now. Is it a career change that you're wondering about? 
Is it your spouse? If there's friction in, in the home? Is it the stance that you've taken and are you being persecuted for the stance that you have taken for COVID? Do you get this shot? Do you not get the shot? Do you mask? Do you not mask? Everybody's being persecuted from one extreme to the next. Is it something that you're struggling with personally in your life that you don't seem to be able to overcome and you're going around and around and around and around? Anxiety, depression, pornography, whatever your weakness is, addiction. What do we do when we're facing these hardships, these struggles and these weaknesses? We do what Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did. And you have to put your faith and your trust in God. And he alone is the one that's going to deliver you, save you, redeem you, and restore you, regardless of any outcome. Matthew 10, 28, Jesus said, Do not be afraid of those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather, be afraid of the one who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego kept that focus, that while they're going through an intense amount of persecution, and we think we have experienced persecution, because we don't want to wear cloth on our face. And so, oh my gosh, I'm being so persecuted. Really? It's kind of funny. Well, I just lost some friends because they found out that I'm not going to take a shot, and they don't agree with me. Well, that's hard, but that's still not the level of persecution. That's divisiveness, and that's from the enemy. We don't fight against flesh and blood. Do you remember that scripture? Who are we fighting against? Principalities. The enemy is real. So what happens when a church comes together and they unite in heart regardless of differences? If you are waiting to surround yourself with a group of people that think just like you think and walk just like you walk and talk just like you talk, you're going to spend most of your life never really connected with anyone. You're going to be isolated because you're judgmental and you're critical and you're doing what is not your job to do, and that is his job to do. I have people who have who, who, uh, friends that wear masks, that's fine. I have friends that don't wear masks, that's fine. I have friends that stand on this side of the political arena, that's fine. I have people that stand on this side, that's fine. That's not what I'm talking about. One thing I know for sure is that Jesus Christ, if is their personal Lord and Savior, we have something in common. What if Jesus Christ isn't their personal Lord and Savior? Then I have an opportunity, just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, to show my faith on a level that will awe them because I'm not going to bow down to the world standard and the way that they're operating. There's a way that we could go with this whole building situation that would be the way that the world would tell us to go.
We will not. We will operate out of honor. We will operate out of grace. We will totally put our eyes set on like flint toward God. He is the one that will deliver us. Just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. We're putting in the fire. Literally, feels like I'm in the fire. But guess what? God never said he, he wouldn't put us in the, in the fire. He never promised that we're going to walk through a rose garden every day. Some days you get that, but other days you don't. Sometimes you're just walking through a bunch of mire, and it's not easy. Remember what I said about the journey. You can enjoy it, or you can just say what? Screw it. Do you want to know, I've had more comments on that one comment. You guys don't remember anything I say that's like really powerful, but you'll remember that. You guys need to renew your mind. I forgot to bring up my Bible. <laughs> I'm preaching, I forgot to bring up my Bible. What does that tell you? <laughs> You're human, yeah. If you're writing notes, you can write down 2 Corinthians 5, 7. Talks about how we walk by faith and not by sight. It's really easy to walk by sight. It's not easy to walk by faith. There's only one way you can do that. That is to stay right here in the Word. So I got convicted the other day. I was sharing this with my team at lunch, and Matthew's been wanting me to get this certain Bible. And I said, or not Bible, a uh, book. And I said, oh, that's right. I got to order it. And he goes, you can just download it on Kindle or something. I said, oh, I cannot read a book on a screen. I said, I got to touch it and feel it and write in it and highlight it. And then the, the Lord spoke to me, and he said, then how come you can read my word on a screen? Mic drop. So I got my Bible back out. Got my highlighters again. And I, yeah, I was very convicted because I thought that's a good point. You would think that God's just really smart or something. Psalm 55, verse 1 Give ear to my prayer, O God, and do not hide yourself from my supplication. Attend to me and hear me. For I am restless in my complaint and moan noisily because of the voice of the enemy, because of the oppression of the wicked, for they bring down trouble upon me and in wrath they hate me. My heart is severely pained within me and the terrors of death have fallen upon me. Fearfulness and trembling have come upon me and horror has overwhelmed me. So I said, oh, that I had wings like a dove, I would fly away and be at rest. I read that, and I was thinking about how many times recently I've said to myself, oh, if I could just run and run fast. Do you know that when you're going through a hardship, that it, the best thing that you can do is not to ignore it, not to faith your way through it, but is to actually first and foremost go to God, just like David did. And let all of your supplications be made known to him. Tell him how you feel. Tell him that you feel forsaken. Tell him that this has been a horrible two years. 
And why is it that you get to pick me all the time? Because I'm tired of learning long-suffering. Tell them how you feel. You have to do that. God wants you to be real. If you have a relationship with someone, do you only go to them when everything's good? Do you only hang out with them and, and tell them all of the good things about your life and you're, everything is perfect? Your spouse only hears about how beautiful they look or how handsome they look. And you never talk about finances because that's a problem issue. So we don't want to go there. We don't want to talk about the children because that might cause a conflict. No, we're only going to talk about things that we agree on and that bring us joy and euphoria. That's not a relationship. Like I've said many times, that it's nothing short of artificial harmony, and it will never, ever be authentic, because you have to be vulnerable to be authentic. If you want to grow in your faith and perseverance and patience, the only way we can do that, gang, the only way we can do that individually and corporately is if we actually go to God with our complaint. And you get it all out. And I don't know about you, but it just feels good. Sometimes you'll hear him whisper something sweet. Oftentimes, it'll just be silent. Either way, you're building your relationship with God. Some of the greatest relationships I have with people are the ones where there was conflict. Yes, I am one of those people that does not avoid conflict. I enjoy conflict. I don't go looking for conflict. So don't think you can just going to email me so we can have a conflict. <laughs> I enjoy the fruit of conflict because my heart is always more united to the person that I had conflict with if there's a resolution. And both parties have to be involved in seeing resolution. I've also had conflict with people that they didn't want to have resolution and there's nothing you can do about that. You just have to walk away and bless them. Amen? That was all free. Oh, sure, you're welcome. Hmm. I wrote this down. Our hope when experiencing illness, persecution, or pain lies in knowing that this life is not the end. There is life after death. That his promise to all those who love and obey him Knowing that we will have eternal life with God enables us to live above the pain and suffering we endure in this life. Never forget that. I love what uh, Aunt Di says, <clears throat> you can't threaten me with heaven. That should be our attitude in life. When we're going through hardship, we're going through pain, and <clears throat> that over there, it is definitely a hardship. It's hard because there's things that we were just starting to do. Um, we we're going to start a school, and um, now all that has to get put on hold. 
But somehow I think God knew that was going to happen. To us, it caught, it caught us off guard. To him, he's not caught off guard at all. Amen? Turn with me now to Acts chapter 16. Gosh, I remember when you, when you would say that, when I first got saved 20-something years ago now, you would hear all this. You could hear the pages just turning in the room. And, the, and, and as soon as you'd say the first scripture, you would hear all the zippers because everybody had the, come on, I had a nice Bible case. I liked my Bible case. I could stuff all of my notes in there. It was awesome. You remember that? So we turn, everybody would turn. Now, most of the time, nobody brings their Bible because all they're going to do is look up at the screen, right? We've just come so far, haven't we, or have we? Simplify your life. Acts 16, verse 6. I'm going to talk about Paul and Silas. I'm going to close with that. This was following a journey that, through Asia Minor, and all of a sudden the Spirit of the Lord led Paul and Silas into Macedonia. Listen to this. Now, when they had gone through... For, oh, sheesh. I should have practiced this before. That place and the region of Galatia... They were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. After they had come to Mysia, they tried to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit did not permit them. So, passing through Mysia, they came down to Tros, and a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia stood and pleaded with him, saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. Now, after he had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go to Macedonia, concluding that the Lord had called us to preach the gospel to them. So, they tried to go to all these other places and do all these other things. Have you ever been there? Where it's like, oh, this has got to be God. That didn't work. Well, I know God's hand is on this. Let's do, no, that didn't work. And then so on and so on and so on. And finally, you feel led to do this one thing. So they actually obey the Spirit of God the dream that he had to go into this place in Macedonia. And we know what happens. They get put in jail. You're right in the middle of God's will for your life, and he throws you in prison. Hmm. During the missionaries' time in Philippi, people were saved and a church was established. When Satan opposed their work, Paul and Silas was arrested, beaten, and put into prison for their preaching. While in prison, Paul and Silas sat with their feet in stock, singing hymns, singing and praising God, falling down and worshiping, being willing to be put in fire and be a martyr. So can you imagine being in a very cold, damp, wet, it's not like the prison cells that we have. Stocks, probably rats, and who knows what else. I'm just envisioning how dark and how cold and awful of a place it was. 
And I thought, you know what, it's about midnight. We might as well lift up our voices to God and worship. Worship is our warfare. Worship is our warfare. I'll never understand how people will say, oh, well, let me know when worship is over, or I'll come after worship, or I've, I've been um, a guest uh, speaker when I did a lot of itinerant ministry, and I would sit in the pastor's office, and I would listen to the worship music playing, and I'm like going, are you kidding me? Like, oh, I want to get going out there. I need to worship. And so oftentimes I would say, hey, if you don't mind, um, I, I'd love to continue to have this conversation with you, um, but could we do that at lunch after service? Because I don't know about you, but for me, I'm probably not as gifted or as anointed as you are, but I have to have worship. I need to feel the presence of God. That's just how I roll. And so they're like, oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, we can do that. Why? Because worship is our warfare. It's how we get through the fears and the insecurities of having to stand before a congregation you don't know. Worship is how you get through all of the, uh, the, the doubt and, and unbelief, and you're wondering if God's actually going to show up. And all of those, those rapid racing uh, thoughts that you have right when you wake up in the morning, well, the first thing I do is I, I put on my worship music. I have to start my day in worship. I'm going to get to the Word, but I have to start in worship first because it prepares my spirit, man, to be able to receive what it is that I'm going to read. Worship is our warfare. So what did David do with, with Saul? He, he brought the harp, and he would play the harp, a stringed instrument. And as soon as then he would do that, that distressing spirit would leave Saul. What did David do when he, after he got done telling God all of the things that he felt and just... The, the, the fears that he had and the rejection that he was feeling, that he felt as though God had forsaken him. Please, do you not see my enemies? It's not like God doesn't see our enemies. It's not like God doesn't know what we're going through, but still we remind him of it. because we Why? Because we have a relationship with him. Because we're actually connecting with him on a heart level. After we do all of that, what does he do? He grabs his harp and he begins to worship. Acts 17, verse 1 through 4. Through all the things that they went through, Paul and Silas remained faithful to God. Paul and Silas continued to worship their God because they knew who he was. See, I'm wondering if that's part of what we're dealing with. I understand we're human, and I understand that we're going to have fears, and I understand that we're going to have insecurities, and I understand that all these other things that go on. But what gets us to that place? Oh, I want to walk down so bad. What gets us to that place that we, our first thought is to worship? Our first thought is to obey God and go into the fire. Is it because of an intimate relationship? Because I, would you do it for someone you could see? Would you do it for your spouse? Would you do it for your children? Oh, heck yeah. 
Can you imagine if a man was standing, or, or a woman, doesn't matter, whatever, um, standing with a gun, and they have it pulled at your spouse, and they say you or her? That would be to you men. What would you do? i just take her. She's been crabby lately anyway. <laughs> I bet I'll be able to get that boat. <laughs> if it was Matthew and I, he'd probably say, take my mom. I've always wanted a motorcycle, and she never wanted me to have one. <laughs> I think most of you would probably say, no, take me. Or it could be someone else, someone that you're very connected to. I think that's what God's asking from us, is to be connected. When there's a connection like that, I think it's a lot easier. I'm not saying that it's perfect, but I think it's a lot easier. Where did I tell you to go? Acts 17, verse 5. I'll close with this. But the Jews who were not persuaded, becoming envious, took some of the evil men from the marketplace and gathering a mob, set all of the city in an uproar and attacked the house of Jason and sought to bring them out to the people. Speaking of Paul and Silas. But they did not find them. They dragged Jason and some brethren to the rulers of the city, crying out, These who have turned the world upside down have come here too. I want to be those who turns the world upside down. So Jason has harbored them. <clears throat> and these are all acting contrary to the decrees of Caesar saying, there is another king, Jesus. And they troubled the crowd and the rulers of the city when they heard these things. So when they had taken security from Jason and the rest, they let them go. So if you keep reading on, you'll find out that once again, they're doing what they believe God had called them to do. And they saw many people get saved. It says that many Greeks and leading women also uh, believed. And as a result of, of the fruit that they were experiencing, because they were seeing people come to Jesus Christ, they were seeing, um, just like the jailer, I, I, I skipped that, but the jailer, back when um, they were worshiping at midnight, <clears throat> and the walls and everything came crashing down, um, they had an opportunity to minister to the jailer. The jailer got saved. His whole household got saved. And so God still used it. God used what looked like as though they were suffering. They are going through all this hardship, and God used it. Again, in Acts chapter 17, if you read that, you'll see that all these people were getting saved. As a result, the enemy came in and tried to stop them from doing what it was that they were called to do, but people still encountered Jesus Christ. So what I believe is that we are actually making headway and that there's been a lot of fruit and that God wants us to expand our tent cords, that there's an expansion that's going to take place in the midst of this upgrade so that we can literally see more fruitfulness than we've ever dreamed of before. Because my dreams cannot compare to the dreams that God has for me, nor can your dreams be compared to the dreams that God has for you. Because it says that he will do exceedingly and abundantly beyond all that you could ever ask or think. And I haven't seen that yet.
I can think pretty big. So it's going to be bigger than that. Because he's not a man that he would lie. Amen. Stand to your feet. Father, I thank you for the upgrade. I thank you, God, that we get an opportunity to increase our faith, to walk in a greater level of patience and perseverance than we ever, ever experienced before. Again, I consider it an honor and a privilege that you have entrusted us with so much trials and tribulation. Sounds crazy. But I know that at the end of this tunnel... It's going to be broader than it's ever been before. May you get glory and may you get all the praise as a result. And I pray a special prayer for every person that's watching online or that's in this room, whatever you're going through right now, that you would allow God to give you an upgrade in your faith, that you would allow him to actually come and, 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 and live, like live his life in and through you, that you would trust him that you would get out your paper Bible and that you would go through the pages, that you would reconnect with him, that your first love would be reignited, that your faith will, as a result, grow as you grow in your relationship with him, that your careers will advance, that your marriages will be restored, that your, the addiction that you're struggling with will be broken that the insecurities and fears would fall. Whatever you're dealing with, God is more than able to empower you to overcome. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. We hope you were impacted by this message. For more information about The Well Grand Rapids, please visit our website at www.thewellgr.com.